Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. 2024 opponents have been released. Yeah. For all the conference teams. Let's start by just talking about Auburn for a second. Uh, the, the conference schedules is as follows. Here you have it off to the right. Uh, Auburn will be playing Oklahoma at home, Texas A&M at home, Vandy at home, Arkansas at home. And for the away games, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, and Missouri. Now, just to give you guys a little bit of an understanding of the criteria, reading this straight from Southeastern Conference's Twitter, uh, it mentions the formula in terms of how these opponents were determined. The first big criteria, as it says, is that each of the existing 14 conference members will play either Oklahoma or Texas home or away in 2024. So, if you didn't play Oklahoma, you're playing Texas either home or away, depending on how your schedule pans out. Mm. So the second one is that no school will travel to the same location to which it traveled in 2023. This uh, kind of almost explains why uh, we got Bama and Georgia on the road this year. Um, many people figured that they would fix the whole Bama and Georgia, uh, make one home, one away. But this was the criteria. So obviously we have to play Bama and Georgia again uh, on the road together. So the third one is the 2024 SEC opponents were determined on two primary factors, traditional opponents mm. and balance of overall schedule strength. And of course, as we all know, the SEC is eliminating divisions in 2024 uh instant reaction to this i 
I will start with you. Your thoughts on this schedule, how you feel about it? First and foremost, the Auburn football Twitter put this out before the full schedule was released. They had seen it already, but they said that we would be welcoming Oklahoma to the Plains. So they're going to be coming to Jordan-Hare Stadium. So, um, yeah, uh, it's good to see a new fan base coming into play uh, in our stadium. So that's going to be exciting for them to be able to see what a real college football stadium looks like and a real fan base fired up about, (laughs) you know, things with real traditions instead of wagons tipping over at the beginning of the games and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely that damn wagon in Oklahoma. (laughs) Yeah, so going to be good. Um, Not happy about seeing another red and white team uh, enter our stadium because I'm kind of sick of them. Good point. Uh, But, yeah, Going to be looking forward to seeing that situation happen. Uh, in fact, three of the four home teams I just noticed are basically red and white. Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Arkansas are some mm. common, some some variation of red and white. So, uh, yeah, That's- it's going to be disgusting to see those colors in our stadium so frequently. But, you know, hey, welcome to the uh, SEC. Um, outside of that, uh, yeah, Bama and Georgia away. Listen, it is what it is. People were in this big uproar about us losing that rivalry, but you got it, right? We we got it again for, for 2024, yeah. um, and uh, we will see if we can finally get a win on the road versus one or both of those guys next year in year two under Coach Hugh Freeze. And then finally, um, Missouri. Missouri may be looking to get some get back from, you know, the fumble that cost in the game in overtime in our stadium. We're going to be traveling to Missouri. I haven't had a chance to go to the the uh, the salad bowl that they play in. So maybe we'll get a chance to travel down to Columbia, Missouri and mm. I, Kentucky. Right. Not a, not a football school, but they do have a football team. So we get an opportunity to play them on the road. So looking forward to seeing basketball fans in a football stadium and what that's like. So, yeah. Be will thoughts on this schedule, man. I mean, it's whatever. I don't know, man. I, I don't know how any of these teams are gonna be in two years. I just, I'm glad we play somebody different. Their acknowledgement that they attempted to balance the schedule is an acknowledgement that we had been getting hosed on our strength of, of schedule for the last ten to fifteen years or so. Bama and Georgia. Here's Vanderbilt, here's Missouri, here's Kentucky to make up for it. We're sorry. (laughs) That's basically, what does this say about the East then over the last 10 to 15 years? Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt are on Georgia's schedule every year. Tennessee's schedule every year. Oh, this is a very Georgia-like schedule. Uh, Yeah. Every Mm -hmm. year. We're we're getting some, there are some layups in there, and I'm welcome. I, I am welcome to the layups on the schedule. Glad that we have Vandy on the schedule. Glad that we have... Yeah, I know Kentucky could be better, right? But not really. It's still Mark Stoops. It's the same program, baby. Ain't nothing going to be changed. <laughs> it's the same thing going on over there. Defense going to be good. Offense going to be blind. And, and and that's the game over there. So, no, I don't think Drinkwitz is going to have anything better going to Missouri. I just don't. I expect it to look a lot like it looked in 2017. We went in there and uh, rolled them up and, and folded them up and put them in the bottom drawer of the dresser. So I expect mm-hmm. us to do the same thing again in 2024. The only thing, I, I think I'm a little sad at losing LSU. I'm a little sad at losing LSU because yeah. I want some get yeah. back. Because now we have to, if we want to get back in the win column against LSU, we have to do it now. Yep. 
mm-hmm. and I want to leave, we have to do it there. <laughs> at yep, even LSU. better. <laughs> even better. Which would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. However, they're a year ahead as far as them turning over their roster, new coach and all that. They're a year ahead of us in that. That's an uphill battle just as far as talent and continuity goes. So I'm a little like, uh, we talked about this when we talked about schedule before. The four games we have against equally or, or pretty much better talented, more talented teams, LSU is one of those. I don't think LSU is the one I would pick as one of the likely upsets we can pull off. So I'm a little worried we won't get that win against LSU before we take a little break from them. But it's all good, man. I, I wonder why they gave us Texas A&M again. Are they trying to make this a thing? I I don't know. There wasn't a, I, I would have preferred one of the Mississippi schools to Texas A&M. And not because they're talented. But because I really, really want to beat Ole Miss year in and year out. Like, really. I want to rub that in. They they were way too mouthy about the Hugh Freeze thing and Lane coming and not coming. I, I want to beat them soundly year after year after year. So there can never be any question. Y'all are inferior to us program-wise, uh, university-wise, head coach-wise, all of that. Y'all were never really comparing. We just had to have a historic low for y'all to be even in frame with us in the picture. But now this is going to take a year off, and they won't feel the pain as as steadily as every year. But overall, I think it's a more balanced schedule than we usually get. I'm glad to see some mixing it up. I don't know what Oklahoma's going to be in 2024, so let's just watch them in 2023 and, and see how they do. Yeah, I think the Ole Miss game this year is going to be very important, knowing that they, fall, they drop off our schedule for sure. Um, they come to Jordan-Hare. That's going to be a yeah. big deal, given given the the present between those two programs. Mike G, weigh in, man. What's your thoughts? I'm counting wins, uh, and I see at least the three on the schedule. So, uh, it yeah, everybody's looking at this differently. I, I just feel like um, Auburn got a good draw this year. I don't think this is beside Bama and Georgia on the road again. Yeah, which they'll probably fix in 2025. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I like this schedule. I like Oklahoma coming to the. Um, I like Oklahoma coming to Jordan Air. I like them coming to the Plains. I think that that is going to be epic. Um, do we know has Oklahoma ever played at Auburn? Has that no. ever been a thing? I don't know. We've only played them had. twice. Somebody put in the chat earlier. We've only played them twice, and they've both been Sugar Bowls. Yeah, I remember we got destroyed in one of those, right? Um, I think Sean White was the quarterback. So, like, uh, yeah, I love that. I loved what, I mean, could there be two more, like, super traditional schools playing each other than Auburn and Oklahoma? I love this. I love this matchup. I think it's going to be fun, Um, you know, seeing all the Oklahoma people come to town. Yeah, I bet you they travel well for that game. I bet you. Like, listen, right now, book your hotel rooms now. (laughs) If you can for that game, that is going to be a fantastic home game. But we don't know SEC. when it's going to be, but still. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, book all the weekends. <laughs> just <laughs> roll the dice. Take a chance, right? You can cancel. It's two years out. Um, and, uh, you know, the rest, as far as the rest of the schedule is concerned, obviously, teams Auburn has played before. We'll see how Kentucky and Missouri are. I expect Bobby Petrino to do all the same stuff he tried to do 10 years ago with Lamar Jackson and it to not work. So Texas A&M should have fallen off by then. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if Hugh Freeze has the ball rolling by this time, this could be an exciting season. Could be. This could be a really exciting season. I just feel like it's time for some Auburn coach to solve the going into Tuscaloosa and getting a win problem. Or Georgia. Right? Yeah. Man, come on, dude. One of them. 
Give me one. I'll take, I'll go one for two and I'm happy. Beat one of these people on the road. <laughs> and uh, I would be a happy guy. But, you know, ultimately, you know, this is about what I expected when they shot shot it down. And it's funny to me, they took LSU off the schedule and I had tweeted when they were voting about nine conference games for this season. You know, hey, imagine having the last three national titles on your uh, champions on your schedule every year. And then people getting mad at you because you didn't want to play a ninth conference game. (laughs) Can you imagine if LSU was on the schedule and then somehow ended up being away? (laughs) Like, oh, man, I mean, it would be this one. That would be that would make this absolutely untenable. That absolutely would have been the hardest schedule in the country by far. It might have been the hardest schedule in the history of college football. Alabama, Georgia on the road. Give LSU home or away. And then you're adding Oklahoma, plus you got to play Texas A&M. And then remember, there's a Power 5 non-conference in here somewhere. Do we know who we play? Cal again. Right. Yeah. Like, so come on. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, they would be coming to Jordanaire this time. Right. 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 But still, yikes. That would be a terrible schedule. So... I don't know. A conference game seems to be working out. I I think that if there had been a ninth conference game, Auburn would have got the short end of the stick and ended up getting LSU or Tennessee. No, it would it would have been awful. But they said they were considering strength of schedule. So I don't think there's any way you put all three of those on our schedule again. Which is look how Mm. forgiving they were. We got the three worst teams in the East. On our schedule. I don't think yes. if you add one more, give us a Mississippi. Give yes. us a South I mean, Carolina. You're using common sense, right? <laughs> They're not going to do that when they put this schedule together is what I'm saying. There's always going to be something on there that doesn't make sense. And because it's Auburn, they're going to do two things that don't make sense. <laughs> and then say, get over it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that I think it was smart to stick to eight games, particularly for Auburn. I, you know, my personal feelings is they would have got the short end of the stick if it had been a ninth conference game, and that schedule would have been completely untenable, and it would have been it would have been one of those things where Auburn's going to be in the hunt for something actually, and it's that one more game <laughs> that you had to play that knocks you out of the SEC championship or out of you know playoff contention. So, no, eight is just fine. Thank you. We added Texas and Oklahoma. We're good. <laughs> We're good, fam. The conference was hard enough already. Is there, a, is there a team you wouldn't mind booting off in favor of another looking at the schedule? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, there's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple. But if I had to pick one, I would boot Georgia. In favor of? Anybody else but Georgia? (laughs) Anybody else? Literally, it's an away game, so we couldn't go to either of the Mississippis with this schedule. Okay, so fair enough. uh, So it'd have to be. I'd rather. I mean, LSU, Florida. We we couldn't go to LSU because we're going to LSU this year. Oh, so they would have to. Yeah, okay. So this team would no. Wait a minute. We we have both of the Mississippis at home this year, so we could get one of the Mississippis. Okay, so I take. Oh yeah, yeah. give me Ole Miss or Mississippi State. You know what, Mississippi State. They're more likely to be in chaos want, by the time I we want play those them. Bulldogs. I, don't, I want yeah. Bulldogs. It's not, bulldogs, okay? it's yeah. not the Georgia yeah. variety. Yeah, right. Stark Vegas or whatever the hell they call it. Right. Like I would take, I would take, I would take the Mississippi State. They're lo- they're more likely to be a miss. They're certainly more likely to be a miss. Pun intended. All yeah. right, B. I I don't I don't want to give up 
the Georgias. I, I don't want to give up the tough games. I I I don't mind the tough games because it it really lets us know who we are and where we are as a program. That that's what those tough games have meant for us for the last, at the very least, since Gene Chiswick was here. Is if you're good enough to get over the hump with these teams. Now it hadn't been away. We haven't beaten Georgia or Alabama away outside of Cam Newton. So let's let's be clear here. We haven't been competitive away at either one of those uh, stadiums in a long time. But I still like having both of them on our schedule. And this is something I hope we keep going forward once they get to the 2025 schedule is I want two regulars and I want both of those regulars to be Georgia and Alabama. I want mm. that. I want that because if we are good enough, we've talked about this plenty. If we are good enough, we're going to beat those teams. And my guess is maybe at least the very least compete with them away and we're going to be in a playoff conversation now that we're going to 12 12 uh, 12 team playoff there's no mm-hmm. world in which we beat georgia away lose to alabama away come down with at least nine or ten wins and don't get in that playoff that's it when does when does the playoff go in effect 2024 season or yeah, you're right. That does change the calculus. <laughs> so the, the strength yeah. of schedule that the, the 12 team playoff says they take into account because they're still there. There are conference winners and there mm-hmm. are at, bid, at large bids. Listen, that's it. We just have to look strong enough after our schedule. So kind of what Tennessee did last year. That's what I think is Tennessee would have been in a 12 team playoff. They beat Bama close. They lost to Georgia embarrassingly, but you beat a team that was really good. You murdered mostly everybody else. You murdered the SEC West champion, LSU. You did enough. You're in the 12-team team, yeah. team playoff. I like yeah. the big boys on the schedule because it at least gives you the ability to go, hey, you know what? That was a really tough schedule. We like how you beat them, competed against them. All right, you're in. That's it. I, I like that calculus for the schedule. So I don't want to lose Georgia. Um, I don't mind keeping the cupcakes because as long as you have the Georgias on there, you'll be forgiven. For having some easy teams on there. I, I like the schedule as is. But if I was going to... I wanted to see us play Florida just because we don't play them enough. That's it. That's the only reason I want to see us play Florida. South Carolina, we played them too much in the last three years, honestly. I'm tired of playing them. 2020, 2021. And uh, it was not 2022. But two years straight. Yeah, that's enough South Carolina. Years. That's enough. I've seen enough of them. Tennessee or Florida is great just we because we haven't played times. them. Jesus Christ. I know, mm-hmm. right? It's crazy. So yeah, that, that's what I would want to see change. But... I don't. I don't want to boot George for that. I don't know who to boot. I don't know, but I would get yeah. either Texas A and M or Kentucky out of here in favor of. Florida. I was exactly, yeah. I was, I was gonna say okay. One of those two. I'm with you on the, Texas A and M. I'm tired of playing them too. Yeah. The the playoff argument is a compelling one, right? So <laughs> understand it. Yeah, I would put Georgia back on, and I would boot Kentucky yeah. in favor of. Again, anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I would yeah. want to see Florida on the schedule and either Texas a and or Kentucky can take a hike. on. on They're that. still likely to be a mess as well. It could, this year will tell us what, what's going to happen with Florida. Yeah, exactly. yeah, this right? year is going to tell us a lot about Florida. Yeah, I, I, totally. Selfishly, I want Florida because we have the Amen Corner yeah, podcast. So buddy. we would actually you know, have that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. so I want some get back on them that year. We lost to them in 2019 too. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, listen, the Swamp is a fantastic away game. And, you know, I want that for the players. I want the players to be able to go play in an environment like that. Because once you get that sort of experience, um, particularly, you know, whether you win or lose, right? I think that it does something to players to go in to an environment like that and compete. Uh, So getting the opportunity, you know, this is what being in the SEC is about, right? It's about being able to go into these incredible venues with the most passionate fans in the country and lay it all on the line for 60 minutes. So adding Texas and Oklahoma, two more incredible sporting venues with very passionate fan bases, mm-hmm. uh, strong rivalries. We get to resurrect the Texas A&M-Texas rivalry. Uh, Oklahoma-Texas also rivalry. I'll be interested to see which one of those they favor in the scheduling every year. Is it the Red River rivalry? The Red, Red River. The Red River rivalry? Or is it, you know, whatever Texas and Texas A&M had? Big brother, little brother. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so cause, I mean, that's interesting, though. Right. Because if they their options that they were weighing out was mm-hmm. one permanent for the eight and then. Right. Three permanent for the nine. Was that am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. It's supposed to be yeah. three and right. then six yes. rotating. Yeah. Right. So if they're going to stay with eight, your, your point here is which of those two is going to happen every year? Is it Red River or is it going to be the resurrection of Texas, Texas A&M? I don't think that Texas A&M gives a damn about. No, playing Texas every I, I, I don't I don't think so. Right. I think it, maybe right. some of the older fans, you know, mm-hmm. like the rivalry or whatever, but I don't think newer fans of of Texas and Texas A&M really care about that rivalry Listen. being resurrected. But I I I don't I can't see a year of college football that doesn't include the Iron Bowl and the Red River rivalry. Correct. Right. Now, now right. publicly Texas A&M will say, "Oh yeah, we want to play every year. We can't wait to re- resurrect it." But like internally, they don't they don't want that. Right. They paid $60 million to get away from these dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want it. They don't, they don't care if they play them, right? So uh, it's going to be, I want to see what this does to Texas A&M's recruiting. I want to see if they lose whatever advantage they built in recruiting over the last 10 years. With Texas joining the SEC and being able to have that flex as well, too. I mean, they came yeah. to the SEC and immediately produced the Heisman. I think they have one SEC West Who? or none. No, they nobody, won the SEC West. Nobody different has won the West. Missouri won the East a couple times, but nobody mm. different has won the West. It's been Bama, LSU, yikes. and Auburn a couple times. Okay. Um, so, yikes, man. Yeah. Mm, that's too bad for them. But, like I said, I, <laughs> I don't think they want to play Texas. I, I don't think they care. So, if it were me... Knowing that, if I were Commissioner Sankey, I would say prioritize the Red River rivalry. 
Yeah, I think right. he, I think that's probably what he is going to do for sure. Yeah. Now, here's another question. I mean, that's been a neutral site game, hasn't it, for a long time? Yes. It still I'll is. be in Dallas. Yeah, I, I would be interested to see if that holds. It would. It would. I think I, they're constantly. Or do you go I, home and home because it's a conference game? It, I mean, it was I, a conference game then. I yeah. just so I mean, it, I, I think it's so I, I don't know contractually what they're like because I know Florida and is it Kentucky Georgia, that play uh-huh. in Jacksonville? Florida, Georgia. Yeah, Florida, Georgia. Excuse me, play in Jacksonville. That's a contractual thing. Like they they are contracted to be in that city and play that game for I don't know for next thirty five years. There was talk about moving that to a home home and home and somehow breaking that contract. I read some articles where they were talking about mm-hmm. essentially trying that, to get I out mean, of that. That'd be interesting, right? So the question that they'd have to ask themselves uh, from a revenue standpoint is, does it make more sense to do that? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man, because listen, Iron Bowl used to get played in Birmingham and they were just like, hey, we're going to go to the home and home situation. I think it adds to the rivalry for it to be home and home. Like to ha- like it does. Exactly. the neutral site situation is cool because it's you know, usually like a bigger stadium and they're going to have like a, a, a different kind of environment. But man, nothing beats welcoming, you know, your rival into your home stadium and and having that hostility of that home crowd and that back and forth passionate this year. You know, we're going to come beat you at your spot type of thing like that's, that's just different kind of energy, man. It Agreed. is. I, I, mm-hmm. I also like the neutral site for a couple of reasons. One is, well, like you said, usually it's a bigger, better stadium, like with the Iron Bowl. Legion Field was had been in decline for a while. Like our Oof. stadiums are now better. Like I don't know what protective stadium is like in Birmingham. I know it's, it's like it's smaller than both. It's not on par. Right. So I mean, it's a nice stadium, it's a nice but stadium. it's yeah. smaller than both of uh, or either our stadium or the one in uh, Tuscaloosa. So Correct. yeah. <laughs> But like Jacksonville, they just released all of the the artwork and the concept stuff. They're doing a brand new like stadium, like outside the stadium, city walks, shops, all that type of stuff. So it's going to be probably better than each campus's on-campus experience. So that's a win. We know AT&T Stadium is better a venue than either one of theirs. So when I think about that and I look at the crowd when we play those, when they play those games, right? And you got half is one color and half is the other. I think that's electric. I would love to have the option of going and playing a neutral site game against your rival if it's going to be a better venue than what you have available to play it in currently and if it's big enough to support the entire fan base on on either side the way those stadiums are. What yeah, you I mean, usually I, I, lose with those neutral site games, though, is the tailgating aspect. Because correct. most of those professional stadiums won't allow you to tailgate on their premises. Mm-hmm. So you have to have some sort of off-site tailgating situation. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't feel like college football. It feels I, like a bowl game almost. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not the same energy, man. So, And that's another reason why, uh, you know, bringing it back to like Birmingham, there's people who have issues with playing games uh, away from Legion Field is – you know, Protector Stadium won't allow you to tailgate. And so it's just like it doesn't feel like a college yeah, venue. The, the uh, University of Phoenix Stadium out in Glendale pulled that as well, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's unacceptable for a um, for a site that hosts a major bowl game and or national title. It's crazy. No tailgating. Like, that's a, such an integral part of the college right. football experience is being able to tailgate. And especially if I, if it's a national title game, and I travel all that way and pay thousands of dollars for a ticket in hotel room and plane flights. And you're telling me I can't tailgate? That's nuts. I mean, it, it, I mean that I think it 
tailgating, in my opinion, encourages more fans to just be in that area. Like, right. okay, I'm not going go to go to the game, but I'm just not. pull up to the yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah. I just right. pull up to the stadium and watch out. Like, it just changes college football and the tailgating experience, in my opinion, go hand in hand. Well, it hurts the city in in, in general, right? So if you think about um, this, what do they say the, the population of Auburn B grows to like Four or five hundred thousand on game day, or something crazy like that. Uh, it's the third largest city in the state on game day. I think on game day, yeah. right? Yeah, it is definitely not <laughs> on non-game days. Not yeah. even close. Yeah. So, um, when those people don't come to your site for the game, uh, the local economy is losing. Yeah, that's right. Because not everybody can get a ticket if it's a big game, but people are content to come just be a part of the atmosphere if they can, like I said, via tailgating. Yeah. So not allowing that at a neutral site or picking a site that doesn't allow that is very anti-college football to me. And uh, I would rather see them do away with it if that's going to be the case and move to a home and home. Yeah, like I said, and and I don't know what the situation is at – you know, the stadium in Dallas as to whether or not they allow the tailgating there. I'm just speaking from the experience of what I've heard about, like, uh, what's the the the, um, the Mercedes-Benz state in, 18, mm, yeah. uh, in, in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't allow tailgating there. That's right? crazy. And, and, you know, I mean, listen, I mean, it's dangerous up there. But, like, <laughs> um, I would, I it's, it's hard for me to kind of accept that, right? Like, that, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to travel, and let me tell you, so visiting these neutral site games, because uh, Legion Field, we all know the deal, right, with the Iron Bowl. This wasn't really a neutral site game. Right. Exactly. Right. It wasn't. So, you know, one fan base had a significant advantage in being able to get there first. I mean, they were buying tickets first. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no cost to them at all. Now, it's not as if Auburn fans had to you know, travel, you know, three or four states over. But still, it was not a neutral site game. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that there is a neutral site option that makes a ton of sense. sense. Because the the only other city uh, that you probably could have it in would be Montgomery. Mm -hmm. And that's still closer to Auburn. You can argue that's Auburn's favor. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I just don't know that there's a place that makes a ton of sense to go to that's in between both of them that Mm -hmm. has a big enough venue for it to make sense for the tickets, right? So I don't know. Yeah, it's to me, like like I said, I just think um, there are still some logistical things that they need to work out with this scheduling to do not only what's in the best interest of the team, but what's in the best interest of the fans. Because traveling to these away games is not a small thing. For a lot of people. I mean, I, you know, prior to the war report, like how many away stadiums had you been to, right, in the SEC? Only two. Only two, right? Yeah. Like, and not a lot of people get the privilege of being able to travel to these away games. And yeah. so if you do have the resources and the time to, to, to travel there, right, it, it, because it's not always tenable to go down there for a day and come back. Right. That's not, man. I like, I don't know how else to say it. Depending on what time the game gets over, there's no way you're coming back that night. So you're spending at least one night in another city, and it's expensive, and I think that they need to do right by the fans and at least say, hey, if I want to see Oklahoma play, once every other year they come to me. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. You, the great thing about living in Phoenix was because Glendale was right there. We got all these incredible Fiesta Bowls. So I got to see Saquon Barkley's last game. I had a lot of friends who were big Penn State fans, and— um, he didn't disappoint. 
I think he had like an 86-yard touchdown in that game. Uh, he went off on Washington. It was amazing to be able, just as a fan of football, to go watch that game and, and, and have that opportunity in my city for nothing but the cost of a ticket and some gas. Yeah. And that's what it should be like for people in state. So don't take that. You know, that's the only reason I was in favor of a ninth conference game, maybe. Was for that reason, B. Like, it, it's an opportunity, one extra opportunity for people to be able to see a team that they would not normally see sooner. Yeah. Right? You add that. You give that experience to the fans. And then the home game revenue for whoever uh, uh, hosts. Yeah. Because it's not just like, I, you know, I, I think they have some kind of revenue split for these neutral site games, some kind of mm-hmm. deal, right? But um, the local economies for the schools don't get the benefit when you take it to a neutral site. Right, right, right. That's, that's why I'm not a big fan of it. You know, I mean, the, the businesses, if you've never been to Auburn, the businesses in Auburn are the heart of Auburn. You know, those places, I mean, even when we were in school, guys, like you remember what it's like, everything was catered to us. Right. As students and, and as, as fans, uh, you remember they came out with the Tiger card and they were like, you can charge things to your student ID. Buddy. Uh, had a lot of friends who, <laughs> a lot of friends who failed that out of school. first year that Tiger card, my dad was like, well, what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then he found out you can make it a debit and not a credit. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, right, yeah. They changed it. No, it was the ascending or the descending balance. Right, that's what they called it. Yeah, right. called it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, you ooh. get that bursar bill at the end of the Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Walker was like, you know what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, descending. Descending. It's <laughs> $200. Don't spend it all in the same place. What was that place? Was it Jimmy's Car Stereo? That's yeah. Where? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. People were people were buy rims and, and subs at Jimmy's <laughs> That's crazy, bro. It was nuts. I had this one friend, his name was Darnell. He showed up and he had some knock in his trunk. I was like, bro, your your, your trunk is beating. He was like, the tiger car, man, you can use it at Jimmy's. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're you're gonna yeah. be out of school next semester. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not gonna be you're, able you're to cover that. You're done. <laughs> Take out some extra loans, partner. But like I said, it, again, when, when people come to town, the businesses benefit from all that increased traffic. Um, and I know this is not on the same scale, but this is why it's such a big deal when a city gets a Super Bowl, right? right. It is a $1 billion impact to that city's economy for that week. Right. $1 billion. You get Super Bowl bids so far in advance yeah, because you have to prepare your infrastructure for the influx of people that are coming in to spend money. So what happened in Phoenix? Well, they got a Super Bowl. The NFL was so unhappy with the city of Glendale because they had done so little between Super Bowls to build anything out in Glendale, right? That they were like, you know what? We're still having it here, but we're going to move all the Super Bowl activities to downtown in the Scottsdale. And Glendale ended up not getting as much money as they would have. And it was so sad because it was just like, all y'all had to do was fix the cracks in the road and, you know, build a top golf and put something out there, you know, right. for people. They had right. like, they had like eight years. Yeah. yeah, they knew they were getting the Super Bowl and it was just, they did nothing. So it is an honor to be able to have a big time team come to your city to play a game. And I hope that the SEC takes this into mind when they look at the scheduling moving forward. I would be against a ninth playoff, a ninth uh, conference game for that reason. 
Yeah. I just wouldn't. Yeah. I just think, you know, hey, man, it's extra revenue. It's extra ticket sales. It's I, I extra think, everything. I think doing it this way guarantees that you get to play a team that you normally wouldn't because you have mm-hmm. less teams locked in on your schedule that you got to play every year. So, yeah. First time way, matchups. Yeah. So the way they did it this year, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes certain teams to roll off of your schedule. Like how long? Like will we play Georgia in 2025? But again, that's something we got to worry about uh, down the road.